Welcome to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast, where we discuss various dog training topics to help you become the best leader for your dog. Marvin Pierce has over 20 years of experience with obedience training for dogs located in the Sherwood, Oregon area. Offering private lessons and group clinics, the dog teacher has been able to change the lives of dog owners by helping them develop and maintain an obedient dog. For more information, contact us at MarvinPierceDogTeacher.com. That's, I, know, that's the, the solution. The I'm going to start day, drinking for Facebook Live. <coughs> the other I'm going to bring a bottle of whiskey. <coughs> a guy on TV, they tried to get him, uh, what was that, where y'all done meet, you would say something I had to answer real quick. What? You'd ask me something, I had to answer it. This kid couldn't even answer the shit about the shit that he does every day. You know what I'm talking about? No. You fire me a question, I'll fire you an answer, whatever, what do you call that? Brett, we did it the other day up in there somewhere. Whenever you asked me about where I was from or why I hitchhiked. Oh, when we make like Instagram reels yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But you ask questions really quick and you got to answer. I can yeah. do that. You can't. Because you have to research it or something. We could say, Bianca, what color's your fingernails? I don't know. Let me check. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm just saying, you're the one who wants to do all the research before we do a topic. You wrote a book. We're doing a podcast. I tonight. just hope when we review this topic that everybody's like, man, I'm so thankful for the information that Bianca provided. They will. <laughs> they always like the information you su- you provide, supply, or whatever. Hugh Pinland says it's called the lightning Do you know what? Suzanne's going to get on there and be like, Bianca, that was great. <laughs> yeah, she will. She's sucking up. And then later she'll call me, Marvin, you done a really good job tonight putting up with Bianca. You're like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it sounded good. That's funny. Hey, what did Hugh say? Hugh said it's called the lightning round. Hey, Hugh, you're on here this week. He's been like, I think in Facebook jail or M-I-A, something. He couldn't, yeah, he couldn't get on our live. He couldn't find our page. Yeah, he probably has a little kid running around there and showed him how to do it. Brett was like, share Facebook Live with everyone except for Hugh. <laughs> yeah, right? There's 60 people on TikTok. Say hi. Hey, TikTok, we are reviewing resource guarding this evening. So you yeah. have, if Hang you out. have some questions We're going to talk about, about dogs and resource guarding. Because we worked on that today with a dog, right? A young dog. Did we? Yeah. With the treats, remember? And a t- oh, bear. yeah, we did. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Just saying. I'm but thoughtfully Brett, that's answering why you're my questions. Now you got 100 people from TikTok. Cool. All right. So hey, TikTok. Let's talk about who we are and what we do. I'm Marvin Pierce with Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher, and I yep. put up with Bianca, <laughs> who trains with me every day and does a great job. We're like tickled to death to have her here to put up with me. Uh, and we do train. We do a lot of problem dogs. We're balanced trainers. Yeah, a lot yep. of shelter dogs uh, that we help the shelter with and people re- rescue from shelters or places on the side of the street. And they come here a lot. And we help start a lot of puppies, eight, ten weeks old. Mm-hmm. So We're we, primarily board and trained. We do private lessons and yeah. a few other programs. But And, you know, we don't do a lot of private lessons. I'm not, I've never been one for, I'm not really into the once a week lesson for four weeks mm-hmm. i never have been any any training i've ever done my cow dogs either i've never done stuff like that and, and not to say there's nothing wrong with it because it works for a lot of people but 
we would rather do board and train or like now we're doing a what is it 10 lessons in like 12 days or something with day board and train yeah, yeah we're kind of like an ornery problem dog yeah. uh, not bad he's just ornery so but that's what we do do here in sherwood oregon and uh, we do the Facebook Live every week, TikTok. And answer questions about dog training. Yeah, answer questions when people have problems. We've helped people all over the world, actually, with dogs. So it's fun to... We help a lot of really nice dogs, but we're primarily known for behavioral rehab dogs that dog fight, dogs that don't do well with people, dogs that drag people down on the leash, dogs that bark at everything. Dogs you can't catch. Dogs that resource guard. So yeah, a lot of dogs that you can't catch. Yeah, a lot of dogs. And I think that one of the big things is for any of the stuff that we do is we do a lot of it in the country. We go into town and walk dogs too a lot. Uh, for if it was me, I'd just stay in the country because it's a lot more fun out here. But we go to town with dogs because that's where a lot of people have a lot of problems with is in town. So Yeah, our training facility <clears throat> is on a ranch. And, we have <clears throat> and you know, we have probably 20 gates. From the time you start into our kennels, and if you go all the way through all of our turnout pens and training pens and stuff, and we use those for our benefit because it's the same thing as going through the door in the house or out of the car, you know. So we always use them for training to teach dogs to walk with us, not drag us or run away. So, Brett, you got anything for us before we launch this? Uh, give me a sec here. Okay, Finley said, is resource guarding the same as owning? Yeah. That's a question. Uh, it is, Kay. Hugh Finland says it's working. And then Kay Finley says, when are we going clamming? Maybe Monday. Maybe Monday, Kay. Leave your day open. Nobody knows. It's Bianca the clamming expert. <laughs> That's who we roll with. Brett don't have as good luck as Bianca, I don't think, but maybe I may be wrong, but... <laughs> No, I remember one time Brett went and got all of his, and I remember one time you went and didn't get all yours. I think you blamed it on somebody, though. Yeah, there, that's the only time I have not gotten my limit. So, and she's been twice. I've been much <laughs> more than twice. So, Brett, you got anything? Uh, Hugh Pillen said in town walks. Oh, he wants to know if you started up. In town walks. We have like yes, I ago. posted you... one for yesterday, but I <laughs> went at the wrong time, um, so we missed that one. And then uh, we have another one next week. I How think. do you do Jeez. that, Marvin? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I put it on our calendar, bro. So, Brett, you got anything else? Michael Poole says he's the Razor Clam Whisperer. <laughs> sure. Michael, have you ever gone clam digging and not gotten your limit? If he says no, or yes, if he says no, I'm going to be really upset. Nancy McCann says aloha from uh, Kona. Hope is, everyone is doing is well. Kona, Hawaii? Yeah. Hey, <clears throat> hello. You know, next time it's going to be hard for you to get this leave of absence. Yeah, we're probably not going to approve it. We're really missing you. Yeah. Especially in Hawaii. Your dog misses you, too. He's like, man, where's my mom? Mm -hmm. And my dad, of course. So, you got anything else, Brad, before we launch this? Man, I messed up my ink pen. Uh, no. It doesn't matter. You don't prep with notes anyhow. <laughs> I got notes here. It says diaper drive. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect from your dog? Healers, I don't know why that's out of here. <laughs> Wine and whiskers and the Pierce family ranch. I had things on my notes. 
Michael Poole says, yes, the weather was too miserable, so I quit. <laughs> Bianca feels better already, Michael. Yeah, I do. I've only gone one time and not gotten my limit. Alright, so we're going to start this now, I guess, if we're ready, Brett. Okay, we're ready. So, Bianca, I guess it's on you. So I'm going to wing it. You got notes, so we'll let you start. Okay, so we are talking about resource guarding, and I'm going to cover what it is. Uh, Kay made a point. Is it the same thing as possessing or owning something? Yes, if there's aggressive behavior, absolutely. A behavior where a dog asserts ownership over something, some examples that they might own, toys, bones, beds, food, water bowl, or even a human. You might see some things, um, some uh, signs of resource guarding are growling, snarling, biting, lunging. Uh, Some dogs will just freeze and stand their ground over a food dish, uh, over a person. Um, So sudden stiffness, frantic eating sometimes is a sign of, it's not always, some dogs just eat fast and you can reach your hand in there and they'll back off like Roxy and Mari wouldn't eat me, but they eat really fast. Uh, But sometimes frantic eating is a sign. And then obsessive behavior over something or someone. Would you like to add anything, Marvin? Well, I think for me, one of the main things you missed is uh, maybe seeing it when it starts by them crowding between you and them. You're talking about signs, right? Yes. So so I think that falls under the category. Right. When they start walking between you. Crowding out people. Our dogs. Okay. Even your dog positioning itself in front of you, sitting at your feet when someone comes near you, can be a sign of that starting. Yes. Really early And that's the early signs for me anyway. Yeah. Um, Okay, so some ways to prevent it. Are you asking me? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of it starts out from the puppy. Mm-hmm. As you push the pup away and don't give them the attention, you teach them to walk away if from you. If they're crowding out. Yes, you when you're trying to dogs. Yeah. pet yeah. other dogs or talk to other people. Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from the command to go or leave or whatever you want to call it, you know, to just get out of your private space yeah. when you don't want to But even it. if it's an eight-week-old puppy and it doesn't know a command and... You've seen it in young litters where the one pushes all the other puppies yes. out of the way to get to the person, and you can scoot that puppy out of the way and just start yes. to indicate that they can't just barrel their way through to Correct. get attention over everybody else. And that's uh, that's the hardest part for people. Uh, and I feel it's the same way with that puppy when he's roughhousing another puppy, you know, and you pick him up and pet him. Mm-hmm and read him a book about why he can't do it, then that's when he starts doing it. And so then he starts owning you again mm-hmm. because he gets attention so much when he's being so honorary. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> um, and then, so if you're talking about food, toys, bones, a lot of people work really hard to teach their dog to sit and wait for a treat, for food, a bone, but they don't interact with the dog beyond that point. So they release the dog to the food bowl, to the bone. 
The dog gets the bone, then they leave the dog alone. Right. So as soon as the dog has the item in possession, they can't always get it back. And they don't try to. They don't know to try to. So you work so hard on my dog will sit and wait for food, but once it has the food, we get a lot of dogs that will bite you once they have the sure. food, but will sit and wait for the food. Or but as soon as it's theirs, time. then they won't give it back and they will show growling, teeth, biting, any of those behaviors. So when you train a puppy or a dog that you're working with, you teach it to get a bite and then stop. And you might take the bowl, you might move the bowl, you'll always give it back to them, but you're not like taking it and teasing them, but you always stop them and are able to interact with the dog's food or bone or toy. And sometimes if a dog is maybe dangerous, you don't just reach down there and grab the Never. Bowl. I'm never. You, but if it's a puppy, her, yes. you might tell it at and, and take the ball from it. <clears throat> but I, if it's a dog, you would send it. Yes. Give, make it but I think that space. it goes back to preparing your dog for those situations. Right. By doing, like you said, if we get a dog just really bone aggressively, uh, stick or food or a whatever. A dog, not a young. Yeah, well, a, a dog, but with the puppies, it's, it's the same way for a lot of people because People get scared to death when that 12, 14, 16-week-old pup bites them. Right. And so I think that instead of them starting with that food issue, even if they have it, they should really start some real basic beat it training. Right. So they can move that dog away from things. And you can use a leash, you know. I mean, we use a double leash a lot, you know, with dogs like that that have those kind of problems. And so I think that is the thing, you know, whenever they start owning things, you know, that you've got to really think about before you put yourself into those. Because we could be bit so Yeah, you could many simply times. put a leash on the dog and walk it away yeah. from the food and not have and, to reach yeah, down Yeah, and start it. there with it and just get it off and place it. You know, even the little puppies, you know, teach them to get on their bed, you know, and then let them off and have a bite. Like yeah. you said earlier, we do all the time with our dogs. Yeah. We walked our kennel, and we say place your bed. Our dogs get on it, and we set their food bowl down, yeah. <clears throat> and we can stop them. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that people really worked on a lot more rather than just putting their hands in a bowl, which is a good thing, too. It is. For a puppy. You know, all yeah. these things are. And I mean, I remember back before the big uh, curly Q uh, slow feeders, whatever we call them, you know, we just put big rocks in our dog bowls to eat and put them. dog food in it, and they had to work at it, slow them down a little bit, yeah. you know. But I've never been one to worry about that so much. I mean, if my dogs really got sick, I think we had Doe Bodie here once that did that, and I would make him quit for a while just so he wouldn't eat so fast. But like you said, it's just the people let these dogs start owning things by not realizing they're doing it. And it's the same thing with your sticks, you know. Mm-hmm. You can use a leash to get your stick away from your dog, too, or e-collar yeah. if you learn how to use e-collar. For sure. And yeah. even with the little puppies, you know, we wrestle with them to take it. and that's It why becomes I, a game yes. of tug of war, yeah. Or the worst thing I see people do, which I feel like if you Google how to fix resource guarding, I guarantee, I mean, I would put a money bet on it, that the things that come up are... Trade for a higher value. Yeah. That's insane. It's, it's like it's, trading a thief. Of, I know. Of, it's of, like you stole my car, so I'm going to go buy you a BMW, yeah. and then if I give you this BMW, <clears throat> will you give me my car back? Yeah. yeah. 
And that's kind of what happens. It's so. totally impractical. And it, it, if anything, I feel if done totally wrong, you could actually teach your dog to, to learn. Train. If I take your shit, you'll give me better <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's bad. And, and it doesn't, uh, we talk about this a lot, it doesn't address the problem. I can't, All you're I can't doing say is, is getting your thing back. You're not teaching the dog it was inappropriate for for them to not give you something when you asked. You're saying it's allowed for you to say that's yours. Yes. So with the resource guarding, with the puppies, I still go back a lot of times, especially really young. And young pups will do it, too. I mean, they'll try to protect their food from you. Know, oh, yeah, Rebel uh, bit me. Especially if they have... A pack of puppies they had to fend off to mm-hmm. get their share of food, you know. Mm-hmm. Then they, they, they'll translate that right over to you or me or whoever owns mm-hmm. the dogs, you know. So they'll resource guard it. And I think for one thing is for me is I've always had my dogs let me have the food. And I let you, like you said, I'll let them have another bite and stuff, that bite and stuff like that. And so when it comes to the resource guarding, owning things, whatever you want to call it, it's just hard for people to... Just stop it without negotiating. I mean, I told somebody the other day, this shit's got to stop. Yeah. So now how are we going to do it? Yeah. That's bottom line. Yeah. How? It's going to happen. And I don't think that, like you said, I never would trade. I, I'm not trading my dog with something for something. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be taught that it don't own stuff. Okay, so what do you got now? Okay, so I have some thoughts on um, the training levels of resource guarding and then uh, Training levels? Yeah, so like I taught our dogs that the cats like have priority over their food dish because I don't have the space to have four dog kennels and feed them all in dog kennels and they need to eat and respect each other and I don't recommend anyone do that. Right. But... I wanted them to respect the cats, so when the cats came over, they were e-collar trained, and I taught them to leave the food bowl when the cat comes over. The dogs are e-collar trained, I can't trained, train not cat. the cats. <laughs> yeah, so I taught the dogs to leave the food bowl when the cats come over, and okay. and the dogs make a choice, and I have enough time to make the cat get out of the food bowl and give the dog its food back and not have a dead cat. I don't recommend people go and practice that with their cats or their children. Like... If you have little kids running around and you want your dog to be good around food, then you practice, practice, practice teaching your dog that you were a leader and it has to respect humans. But you don't practice having your kids stick their hands in the bowl. Right. Not a good idea. Yes. And I always try to tell people that, you know, the safety of the kids Mm -hmm. and older people, you know, that can't really fend for themselves. Right, right. you got to respect those people. And like you said, the trauma of if, even if... A 10-week-old puppy bit a four-year-old that's traumatizing. Yeah. You can't unsee that, even though it was not the puppy's fault, not the kid's fault. It's really hard for you to continue the relationship with that dog and that child without worrying and being on edge about things. So you should always, if you have the space to do it, and especially if you have more than one animal or kids around, feed your dog in a crate. For sure. I mean, or in a kennel. And I, my, I've got four dogs, and well, I would just for fun of it, but I would feed them all out on the floor together, like you do. Yeah. But I would really, I might have to a little train them because I don't do it. 
You know, one of them might go try to steal the other one's food, but yeah. I'm... But you wouldn't have a bloodbath over No, there. I'm certain I could stop at yeah. any time because yeah. I could stop any of my dogs from eating anytime. time. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. And then another safety protocol. Uh, some people have dogs that really have an inconsistent eating schedule. And talk to your vet. I don't think that they die if they miss one meal. I would not <clears throat> leave food sitting out all day. Couple reasons. One, you just leave yourself so much room for error because if the kid grandkid comes over and is playing in the food bowl and then the dog's like, hey, that's my breakfast, you're not going to stand over and watch their food bowl all day. Second reason is that it's really that much easier for the dog to learn. I'm going to guard that corner kitchen area where you feed me and my food bowl is. Rather than just feeding them, putting the food bowl up. Yes, for sure. And that's what's hard for people because people have it in their mind. Their dog needs food out there all day. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I don't never. I, I think they don't because it's like if I have food in front of me all day, I will snack all day and then I won't <laughs> eat a real meal. But if I don't have food in front of me all day, I'll probably finish my dinner. Yeah. So. Yeah, I totally agree. That's my touch on safety protocols. Do you have anything to add of being safe around practicing training resource guarding? Well, I think for me, and it's hard for people... Don't just take bones out of dog's mouth. Yeah, it's hard for people to grasp. But if you drop a piece of food, your dog shouldn't be getting it. Right. But if they do... Well, then you've got to go back to the training. And you yeah, got to. You can't just me, rip it out of their mouth. <clears throat> no, I mean, it, it happened today. The dog got a treat that we were training with. It's like, I don't care. It's its treat. It's mine. You know, but I got another treat and we're going to try it again. Right. To teach this dog not to own. I called it a dog thief, you know. It steals everything. It steals ropes, toys, yeah. treats, food. I mean, you can have And nothing. that dog didn't even want the ball, the rope, no. the, the treat. It just wanted to take things from It just from wanted to steal shit. Yeah. And we showed him that because after we were done, it didn't want the teddy bear. It didn't even want the treats. It would eat the treats, but you really had to talk it into eating the treats. And uh, it didn't want to steal anything, you know. It didn't want to own anything, whatever you want to call it. So, for me, we really won a lot with that dog today. Her pup is, what, 12 months old or something. But that's the thing people don't do is, and and they'll get a big treat to train on it, you know, and not break it up into little pieces like we did. Mm -hmm. So, if the puppy or dog gets it, they eat the whole thing instead of just giving it pieces. And and all you do is train it that it doesn't own nothing until you give it to it. So, okay, what next? Uh, if you're training on a puppy or a young dog or an older dog and you see this as a problem, if you don't have experience or confidence to handle the situation, if a dog growls over someone or something, you darn sure shouldn't just ignore it and avoid those situations. You should seek a professional trainer and try and address those behaviors. If it's a puppy, it's so easy to fix. So easy. Yes. If it's an older dog, it's fixable. It's just a yeah. matter of really working on your relationship and the right with that trainer. Dog. You yeah. know, I mean, that's the thing. We, I mean, we've got a dog we're working with. One of the dogs we're working with now. I don't know how many of them are. I've been to several trainers and a lot. Uh, and I didn't even know the dog was that kind of a uh, just steal stuff. I mean, everything. Yeah. And don't give it back. Yeah. 
And so and destructs a lot yeah, of things yeah. also. He eats leashes fast, you can put them on it. Digs. And yeah, it digs holes in the yard. in the backyard. Yeah. Eats weed fabric. But it rides in the front seat with dad on his lap. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it goes back to if you're training with a trainer or your neighbor or whoever, and you're not getting the results you need, you know, if your dog's still garden protecting, stealing, whatever you want to call it, you can get, tra- get a different trainer. I think if you're working with any trainer that's not talking about what the human is doing, get a different trainer. Yeah. Okay, I got some questions, Bray. Okay. Lauren Smalley asks, resource guarding, uh, or wants you to talk about resource guarding a crate or bed against another dog. We're fresh out of boarding train. Should her e-collar be on throughout the day and we use that for corrections when she grouts? They're out of board and train here. Tink. Tink? Uh, well, you know, I'd like to come and work with Tink, but for me, it's I go back to, like, if you have a place, you place your dog, and another dog tries to come by there, I'm going to correct that dog, Tink, and I'm going to run Tink off this place. It's like, no, you don't own that place no more. I'm out gonna, of the kennel. Off out of the it. crate, yeah. out of the whatever. Yeah. Or if she's just in a crate, you know, which she did out here for, at first. She wanted to try to eat dogs walk by her kennels. Mm-hmm. By the time we were done, hell, she didn't care who walked by her kennels. She was good with it. But just usually you call her on and just tell her no, you know, in that crate. And it for safety. I mean, I'd shut the door on it, you know, and just tell her no. Make her lay down and relax in that crate. And... uh if you have her on a place and she's trying that, you know, I'd usually call her again. And I'd be like, no. And I would just let her know that's not acceptable behavior. Yeah. And we did it here with her. I mean, in the round pen, we'd have her place and dogs walking everywhere. And she never had an issue with it. So, <clears throat> and like I said, if you need help, let us know. We'll be glad to come by and work with her. But that's the thing. You just claim all that property and it's mm-hmm. yours. It's not hers no more. Mm-hmm. Brett? Valerie asks, so how do you tell people to involve their children with doing food slash guarding training with puppies? Well, I think if it's a young, young puppy, I I just would not have kids having the dogs around the food bowl until the adults have done enough work. And then the kids can get involved and start feeding the puppy. But not until the adult has done enough work with the puppy that it respects other people, children included. And then it should be supervised. Have the puppy on a leash. Have the kids give the puppy treats and see how the puppy does taking treats from the kids. If it puts their whole hand in their mouth, then it needs some work. Yeah, I say it's the same thing as leashes. You know, you can't give a little four-year-old kid a leash or right. a dog and let him drag him down because right. there's no fun no more. Right. And we do it here with Mari and Roxy and I think Tilly maybe. We let little bitty kids lead them yeah. around and around yeah. and stuff. <clears throat> and them dogs behave, but they're really leash-trained. Right. So I think that a lot of times in my thoughts, and I mean, you can't really convince me differently, people let these little kids interact with these little puppies that aren't really good yet right they're real right. mouthy they're really right. jumpy and it's like uh, the blind leading the blind a little yeah, bit. And the, yeah and the kids get scared of them which i don't blame them you know right but i think the parents don't spend enough time training the puppies to yeah. be good yeah and like you said well go the, whenever they're interacting i personally wouldn't let them feed the puppies at all for a while i mean maybe months 
you know, before I'd even let them give the puppy a treat because the puppy ain't being good enough to get that treat without jeopardizing that little kid getting nipped. So I think that the people really had to spend time training those puppies before the kids get to interact with that. I would worry more about teaching spatial boundaries with kids, them not jumping on kids, them being uh, a lot more calm around kids. I think puppies, and my thoughts is puppies get too much freedom and they get themselves in too much trouble because they're not really just micromanaged, maybe. I don't know. That's a little bit strong. I think the word. hardest thing about all that is that, like, like uh, Heather's kids can do a lot more with dogs than an average kid their age. And... Valerie's daughter came up and I did a lesson with Valerie's daughter. Like, I let Valerie's daughter do the lesson. But when you're teaching a group of people, you have no idea parenting styles. You have no idea if there are boundaries being taught to the kid with the dog. So encouraging interactions with food and a puppy when you don't know if there's even the right kind of supervision to me if you can't keep the puppy from jumping all over you the owners <clears throat> the adults whatever if you can't keep the puppy from jumping all over you uh if you can't sit down on a chair without the puppy climbing all over you uh if you can't feed the puppy a treat without the puppy mouthing all over you if you can't feed the puppy his food without the puppy mouthing on you when you try to take his food bowl. If the puppy mouths on yeah. you all the time anyways. Yeah. Then yeah. you should never let the child be in, interact with a puppy and any kind of food. And food. So hopefully that got your question, Valerie. And if you, were on, if you weren't on earlier, what Marvin was addressing is the trauma of having, even if it's a young puppy, if it nips at the kid, then the people just... Uh, the Parents will lock in on that dog is not very good with kids and food, rather than this was too soon to try and do it. The little red healer was that way. He bit the little kid on the leg, and she didn't want nothing to do with him. Now he's your best buddy. Yeah. Yeah. She even done part of the lesson with us the other day. Yeah, and the mom was pretty worried about it. Because it just, you know, we fixed that problem, and it was a year-old pup or whatever. Yeah. So, Brent, what else you got? Uh, Valerie said, it's not micromanaging a puppy. It's having a schedule. They thrive on a schedule, and without one, it's chaos. Exactly. Yeah, the same difference, I think. You still got to have a schedule, you know. I call it micromanaging, but to me it's the same thing. The pup does this, 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 whatever, you know. It, micromanaging can be a good thing. Well, it's just a routine, I mean, yeah. uh, to keep your kids safe and your puppy. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's hard on people like not me so much. Well, it really bothers me, but if when somebody calls us and says their little kid got bit by their puppy or their dog it bothers me right because i feel that you know something wasn't done to prevent it and maybe right. it's because they may have been there. they may have been to us and training and it went home and still happened you know right. i'm not saying it can't happen to anyone but right it's still it's just hard whenever you uh let a kid get involved with a puppy too quickly. There, I don't feel there's nothing really to gain from it. People buy puppies for their little kids to have a buddy to hang out and grow up with, with <clears throat> without really 
putting enough homework into the puppy to get it safe for the kid so the kid right. can go have that fun. Yeah. So and Brett, a lot of the, like, really tedious stuff you have to do with a puppy, like all the structure and rules with the puppy, is so you don't have to micromanage them yes. later so that they know... And for me, the kids don't pretty much what the rules are. They don't need. I don't feel that the little kids need involved in that that much when they're starting, you know. And I think some people, and you know, it's different. I mean, it doesn't matter how someone feels about it. But you take country kids like ranch manager with a puppy, uh-huh. and some little kid that lives in town and never goes and gets dirty and never falls off a stack of hay, you know, and uh, <clears throat> stuff like that. It's a lot different when one of these puppies nip ranch manager than it does if it nips one of those kids that's not lived the same kind of lifestyle. And it's the same thing for me living here. And you throw me in downtown New York or something and tell mm-hmm. me, you'll be all right. It's like, well, shit, I am not comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I want to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that way with kids, too. So I think when it comes to kids and puppies, it depends on the kids a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying go let your kid play with the puppy because he went to farm one day to hang out so everybody most of the kids that are taking home a puppy have never been around dogs they don't have a lot of yeah even desensitization to being around dogs so puppy jumps on them and they're like whoa overwhelmed and it don't matter what the pup is i mean if it's a rottweiler or a beagle or whatever so brett you anything else yeah, Lauren Smalley says, Tink would be an angel if you guys came out here. We're still working on me being in charge. Well, but, you know, you I think we invited you to bring Tink out and work with some with him, yeah. with her. Yeah, Because we would, and we were dead serious about it. We'd really enjoy it, so. All right, Brett. Uh, and then she said she's definitely testing boundaries. Tink? Yep. For sure. And they always do, you know, and that's the same thing with resource guarding or stealing or owning or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, we talked about the dog today. It won't even chew on its leash here on our property, but at home it will. Yeah. And now it don't steal here. We drop something, it walks on by. It's like, oh, that's not yeah. mine, you know. And so, <clears throat> Brett, you got anything? Uh, yeah, Valerie Jasper said, the reality is most people. Uh, Valerie said, oops, sent too soon. Most people won't make their kids wait to let their kids be involved with a puppy. Correct. Yeah. Yep, that's it. They just... Don't have the rules. That's it. We're all caught up, right? All right, Bianca, where you at on this? That's all I've got for now. So let's talk about some of the... Well, did you talk about how to stop it with an older dog that does it? No, we haven't talked at all about the older dogs. I was just getting ready to. Okay. So I'm going to wing mine. I didn't make my notes like the note-making Bianca here. But... You know, it, it is so different whenever you have dogs that resource guard or own things. And, you know, I think for me, I don't agree with tug if you're not familiar with how to play tug. And that's what causes a lot of problems with dogs for people that don't understand it. Because. And- I I think you should elaborate on because I think there are many people who feel they're probably very familiar with playing tug of war I'm with the dog. Okay. So for me, a lot of people start playing tug with a dog whenever the dog has something and a person wants it, like a rope or a stick. The person grabs it and they try to take it from the dog. That's not how you play. Well, not how I play. 
whenever I touch something, I tell a dog to drop, he's got to open his mouth. So now we're going back to the training for me to drop it, you know. Uh, and I feel that if you've trained your dog to come, he's not going to try to play get away from you with that object. So you chase him, which a lot of people do. And that's where the game start, and that's where sometimes the dog will even bark at you after that because you'll try to catch him when he don't have something in his mouth, and he'll wolf at you. And the people think this is really fun, and then one day he ends up biting somebody. So I think that for me, my dog, if, if and I was going to play tug with my dog, before I ever tried to play tug, which I don't agree with with most people, there's a lot of people play tug, and I mean, I think it means something to some people or dog training, I'm not sure, but... Uh, two things recall he has to come to me and I say drop it he got open his mouth and we're done so if you can't do that those two things with your dog you shouldn't be trying to play the game of catching your dog and taking something from him so I think whenever me even playing ball I'm a little bit lazier I don't like being able to pick up balls much so I'll touch the ball until the dog drop it he got open his mouth and he's done with it until I throw it he can't be jumping trying to take it back and for me, that's where I feel kids get in trouble with tug because you or I play tug with a dog and a rope and then some little kid walks by with a rope and a dog grabs it. And people's going to say, if they're on here, and they say, my dog would never do that. Well, then kudos to you. You've done a great job of training your dog. Mm -hmm. But most of these dogs aren't trained that well. Well, and you're not saying to touch something that's in a dog's mouth that resource guarded no i'm saying that's how you prevent resource guarding the ball the the stick the rope yes you take the stuff voluntarily they open their mouth and give it to you Mm -hmm. you don't steal nothing from a dog same as a dog don't steal nothing from us and me if even me if i if i have a dog let's say has a rope which i think i threw our old ropes away but if my dog has a rope and i get it and ask him to drop, and if he don't drop, I'm gonna let the rope go, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do some. Training. You're not gonna start a game of no, tug, I'm tug not. war. I'm yeah. gonna let the rope go, and then we're gonna start. And then you'll address I'll it. I'll back up a few steps, yeah. and then we'll start teaching dog to yeah. drop things whenever he has them. Yeah. And that's what gets us in so much trouble. Most with of the possession. time, e collar training. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so for dogs who, uh, older dogs that we get here, and we get a lot of them that they resource guard their food. You know, Bear came here, he looked at us side-eyed and rolled his eyes at us, the German Shepherd, when we'd try to go in his kennel. Hank, same way. And Hank was really did not like you going in around his dog food. No. And so... He never did anything obvious. No, but just side-eyed. Every time you opened his kennel door, he looked at his food bowl and he looked (laughs) at you and he looked at his food bowl. Now, that's a harder one to notice. Yes, and it's a harder one to read. It's like, oh, he's not done that. And then you touch and you get bit. So, and I'm sure Hank don't read. And we don't reach our hand in there and be like, let's find out if this dog's resource card. For sure, we're we're real (laughs) cautious about. But when you get these older dogs that... Oh, uh, let's say owns you. Scout used to own you. Mm-hmm. So how do you fix those problems? you done a bunch of lessons before you finally figured out that maybe we needed to separate you two. Mm-hmm. And we separated you two, and I worked with Scout for a week. Mm-hmm. And then you came back. And luckily for me, you brought him here because now he trained three years later, and you still trained dogs with me. So... But we really had to set your mind right, too, not just yeah. the dog. And 
for me, the dogs are easy to fix. The person really, really hard. And it doesn't matter normally who the person is. Even if somebody comes in and they're like, I'm 100% the problem. Normally before they're done, they're going to make excuses. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to make it harder. You know, we're working with a person or five right now the same way. They have a really hard time believing that they are the problem. <clears throat> and Bianca told somebody yesterday or whatever that we didn't, or we just sprinkle, I don't know, whatever dust, miracle dust or something on our property. So when dogs come here, they're just good now. And there's so many of these dogs that when they come here, just like if we have a dog that resource guards an older dog, we don't just bring him in that day and be like, we're taking over, dude. Yeah. But some of these dogs are double-leashed when they come in and out of here so they don't bite us. We start training on them. We start putting manners on them. We get respect from them. We respect them. Everybody's on the same page. This is wrong. This is right. Yeah. And then we move into that. Same thing with dogs. You can't trim their toenails. They own their toenails. They're like, mm-hmm. you touch my toenails or I'm going to bite you. Yeah, exactly. And so we train on them for a week or two. Sometimes the day before they go home before we trim our toenails, you know. But we still have to go backwards in the training and just get obe- good obedience. Walk, heel, sit, stay, come, stuff like that. And then we sometimes we don't even get the tennis ball out for two weeks or two right, and a half right. weeks if from the time really they come. With the ball, yeah. we don't just start with the ball ever. No, and I mean that's the hardest thing is for people sometimes is you wake up one day and you're like, shit, my dog owns me now. He don't want nobody around me. He don't want no dogs around me. He don't want nothing around me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what do I do? First of all, you get the right trainer who's dealt with a lot of these dogs. And we have, I don't know, probably a few hundred of them now uh, that we've helped with, helped people with. But you've really got to have your uh, shit together or somebody get hurt. Right. Yeah, you, know? you can't just go in there and be like, I think mm-hmm. I'm just going to address my dog that's resource-guarded <laughs> food for three years. Yeah. I'm going to take his food bowl away. You might also lose your arm. Yeah, so you've always got to be cautious. And don't do what we talk about. We say that all the time on here. Just because we said it doesn't mean you go do it. Always have professional help when you Some would. things that you um, could start with if your dog resource guard is, does they, do they pull on a leash? Yeah. Do they come when you call them? Do they respect you hardly at all? Do they stay off your couch? Yeah. Do they get on your yeah. couch? You know, right do now they we, get affection all the time whenever <laughs> they demand it? We got somebody that's keeping their dogs off the furniture and their dining room tables. They turn them upside down, right? There is furniture upside down on yeah. the couch. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. They're winning, not the way I would do it, but they're winning and they're trying. And that's what we yeah. ask. Yeah. You try, you know, and we'll figure it out from there. But uh, I think that there's so many times that whenever dogs own things, couches, chairs, beds, people have a ten are, are human. People have a tendency to shy away from that problem. They keep hoping that one day they'll wake up and they'll be gone. But it's not gone until you really address it. And the confidence is, you know, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to build your own confidence up when you have a dog that's bit someone or tries a dog fight or or you're always on edge because people can't walk up to you because your dog's going to bite them. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, well, if it's a good person, you can take Scout anywhere and not worry about him. Yeah. If it's some hoodlum, and then you got to use a little cautious because Scout might not like them because they don't have good intention. But... Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing for me how dogs like Scout can cipher those people out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then he don't run and bite them. No. 
He's like, just stay the hell away from my mom and yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. He's not saying stay away from my property no more. Stay yeah. away from my mom. And yeah. So that's the hardest thing for people to to understand. They think that they're guarding you, but they're not. Whenever they, they won't let your own husband, wife, brother, or sister come up and give you a hug and say hi mm-hmm. without getting bit. That's not protecting you. That's well, and if, if you hug your kids and your dog crowds in between you two, that's where it starts? Yeah. Or your kids start screaming. Yeah, you know, I remember, I remember days when people laugh about their when the people go to say something to their kid and the kid starts screaming, the dog comes running. That's not good, you know. So, Brett, you got anything? Yeah, Suzanne's here. Suzanne says, "Shoot, I forgot it was Wednesday Facebook Live. Let's start over." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Suzanne, it was too much. I needed start backup over. in the, mid- yeah. the beginning, Suzanne. I needed my help. <laughs> Valerie Jester says, "So, what do you do if an older dog is actively resource guarding, like growling?" Won't let you have the bone. How do you stop slash direct it? Then call Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher on speed dial. Well, to me, for people's safety, I go back to if you have a dog that's two, three, four, five, eight, ten years old. <clears throat> you've raised him, her. You've let her establish that pecking order in your house. You better get some help. Yeah, absolutely. Let yeah. it carry the bone to that, Marvin's yeah, place. Yeah, if that happens, it's an it's a nine one one emergency. Yeah. If you want things to change, if you want to stop, yeah. And I never encourage Valerie, someone who has let this happen, just stop it. You know, no, I would try not try to. and get the bone. I would. Um, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't even argue. Just with the keep dollar. everyone in the house safe, and and I. Uh, I am fully aware that it's unacceptable, and I agree with that it's unacceptable behavior for a dog to do that. But it's also so unfair to put a dog under pressure in that environment. Well, it's so, so bad. So it's unfair to try and take the bone away from the dog that doesn't. It, it evidently does not fully respect the, the reason it's that with. I feel that it's so bad to try to take that bone from that dog is you're the one, they're the one, right. whoever is the one who has let that dog get in that pecking order in right. your house. Right, right, And with dogs, a lot of people I don't even think understand, but in a dog pack, walls, coyotes, somebody kills somebody to take over a pack leader. Right. And it's not fair at all. For the dog to be put in the situation Letting to where he things. has to bite you yeah. because you're taking his property that you've that never let it established the yeah. pecking order. Yeah. So for yeah. me, if you've had those situations, call us, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've got more and more vets now having people to call us to get help. Yeah. We've got dog trainers sending us dogs. Some of them I don't even know. Uh, they send us dogs to, pe- to help people with because they're out of their league or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are there smarter men they don't, don't want to get bent? desire to work with those Yeah, dogs. and I mean, yeah. a lot of times, you know, you've been here three years, right, pretty mm-hmm. much, and you train dogs, I mean, at least probably average six days a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time it's seven days because you'll even come in on your day off a lot of times for a minute or two and help me. But, and you're still nowhere I don't feel as comfortable as I am. No. And so... When, but you look at how comfortable you are and how many situations now compared to even six months ago. Mm-hmm. 
It's huge the difference you are now. But then you look at three years ago until now, it's like, holy Not crap. Not person, yeah. Yeah, and so you can't just, I, and I don't care who you are, you can't go down to Walmart and get certified and be a dog trainer like we are. Right. But, yeah, for for owners in the home, you can't Google what to do if your dog growled at you. Resource card, because you're not going to find it. safely or really address the behavior. I'm not going to put it on Facebook, you know, uh, what I do, because how long would it take me? It, it's not I mean, how long would it take you. It's so different for each dog. Yeah, and each owner, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and most of the time, if your dog will resource guard... There's so much more to address. Yeah. That's why it's a 911 emergency. If your dog is comfortable, bearing teeth, growling, biting, lunging, snarling over, over du- something yeah. or someone. A couch, chair, a person, a food. urgent. Yeah, you need to get some to, help. And- for the people to, to have a professional evaluate their situation. But make sure it's the right one, you know. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we get dogs that come here that's been to two or three different trainers, and they've told them they can never be fixed, and and we just have one here recently. We always dog. have a dog in, in our board and chain program that has been through a trainer. Yeah, and we have one here recently. That they talked about try. how bad the dog was, and I'm like, well, where is he? And they, they're like, well, you're handling him. I'm like, not this dog. He's not that bad. But, you know, I think that... Sometimes we had a dog here a while back that would always snarl his lip and show his teeth. Bogey? Huh? No, it was one that was in training here recently. The nervous smiling one? Yeah, and it just, it didn't mean nothing, you know. But if you were a person that were uh, a trainer who was really concerned about that, which you are some days, Mm -hmm. you're like, man, that dog ain't not right, you know. And I go look at them, and I'm like, holy crap, you know. And it takes me a few days, or yourself, it takes you a few days. It's like, well, it don't mean nothing by it. It's just the way he is, you know. Mm-hmm. And But you, if you're not really familiar with dogs, it's hard. Kuma. That was? It was Kuma, yeah. yeah. And so it's really hard. If you were the wrong trainer, you'd be like, holy crap, we can't get close to that dog. Yeah. You know, it's going to eat somebody. So... When it comes to those things, and I can never stress it enough, if and you, and I tell people, <clears throat> there's times if I have somebody who has a five-year-old dog, and he's biting people, and he's really hurt someone, and the person who owns him has raised him for the last five years of his life, his first five years of his life, when he got in these situations, there's a lot of times I can't help him. Because the person just not the right fit always for that right, dog because right. of the fact that they've let him get so far. And then sometimes when those people come here, they want to tell me how to train their dog. And it's like, you know, Houston, we got a problem. Well, and I think that's why it's such an urgent thing if you notice a problem like resource guarding and you go to a reputable trainer and you address it then you've got a lot of hope. But if you let it go for long periods of time, it just gets so And I don't know if Kay's on here, but she brought us uh, Quinn like four years ago with a muzzle on it. She would eat your ass. She did not want to threaten you. She wouldn't have you for lunch. But Kay muzzle trained Quinn herself. And she came here and she's like, I want to fix it myself. She said, I want your help and guidance. 
but I don't want to do board and train. I want to do lessons. But Kay was retired. Kay lives 10 minutes away. Kay came every day, day, day. She came so much, we finally just said, I can't charge you no more because her dog was cool. Right. And people could walk in Kay's house now, and her dog don't have muscle on her. Her dog yeah. don't eat people. I would not recommend you just try to slap Kay. Or, yeah, <laughs> a dog would eat you. But if you're respectful about it, that dog is cool. But Kay put in so much time and effort. But... Kay's thing was, I screwed her up, and I'm going to fix her. But she, the dog was still young, a couple years old, and she hadn't bit no one yet. And so she fixed it. But, you know, for people who let these... And I've dealt with people who got rid of their dog over it, biting the wife. And the dog was so bad as a dots, and it was so bad the wife and the husband couldn't even sleep in the same bedroom no more because the dog owned the guy and would not let the wife around. It bit the wife. She had to go get sewed up. They got rid of the dog over it, and then they end up getting divorced over it. So, I mean, you name it, I've seen it, you know, with a dog business. There's so many different scenarios and things that happen. But if you let your dog own things, a couch, chair, you, you know, uh, a dog bone, a, a frisbee, a ball, whatever it is, I mean, you need to really get some professional help and try to fix it. Brett, you got anything? Uh, no, we don't. So back to the resource guarding things. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that have dogs that resource guard the back seats of their cars. And the back, now everybody's got an SUV, so they put a cage across the back and have the dog in the back, you know. Mm-hmm. And the dog owns those areas. And, I mean, that's to me, it's no different. The than whole the, vehicle, yeah, really. Yeah, not no different than owning a bone or something, so... I think a lot of times that all goes back to the basic training also. Mm-hmm. You know, get your dog to heal. Get your dog to come to you every time you call. Get your dog sick. Get your dog to lay down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes, it's just the same old thing, same old thing, same old thing. All of these problems that we have here, we go back to the basics of tra- teaching recall. But, but it's it's not just that. It's It's not just going back to the basics and teaching obedience. No, but that's what we do to start. Right. We right. start with oh, respect. Yes, yes, yeah. And yeah. to me... You're not uh, going to start with teaching a dog to heal. You're not. You're going to stop them from pulling on your leash. Yes, and you just, the whole thing, it yeah. goes right back to the bare root start. And, you know, we have a dog here now, Kai, Kai, Kai what's her name? Uh, the Husky. Twyla? Twyla. Yeah. She was trained really good, but not to our expectations, you know. Mm-hmm. And she'd done really well for us, but we took her home with mom, and holy crap, she was not doing very good. Uh, and so we're keeping keep her an extra week just to try to get her better and better and better, you know. But some of these dogs is, I mean... And that dog was so much worse with the owner, and the yes. owner doesn't do like outwardly, like just wildly unruly things. With no, the dog. She's, she's she understands healing her. She understands to to a, a degree. But the dog a lot of the obedience stuff, but the dog's behavior was just astronomically different with yeah, the I know it still bad. wasn't bad. I mean bad. to me it was better no, than the No, it, was, it wasn't bad, yeah. It wasn't great like it should be at the amount right. of time and effort that she's put in it, we put in right. other trainers have right. put in it. And is it the dog? No, it's not a dog, it's home. it's a human error. The dog doesn't help. The type of dog doesn't help. 
totally is human error, but it, it's a high-drive husky that doesn't just need uh, to learn how to to lay down. It has to learn to, like, actually relax its eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Brett, you got anything? Uh, yeah, Nancy McCann says, K is the living proof of success with determination. That it is, is for sure. And there's not a whole lot of those cases that come through here, you know. And I think the reason is a lot of times is because of the people's priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. K's priority was fix your dog. Right. Uh, uh, the kids with shadow. Their priority was ended up being fix my dog. Yeah. Started yep. out, it wasn't so much fix my dog. It was like miracle cures and yeah. we don't want to yeah. put the effort in it. But by golly, once we showed them that their dog was fixable, yeah. they yep. bailed in with all four Determination. feet. Determination. Yes. Yeah. And they stuck with it. And now their dog's cool. And that dog, you know, we'll touch on Ed a little bit about, and it's on a different subject, but our hour's up, so we can change subjects now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that dog came here and it didn't have a uh, owning problem. And no, it didn't resource guard and it didn't possess the people. But it could not live without the people in a site. Separation anxiety. And so right. that was kind of different. Normally when you have separation anxiety, you have some kind of ownership. Yeah, the dog that they described, I fully expected for it to own them. But yeah. it didn't really care and where they were And it would just at. puke and crap <laughs> it just didn't want them to be away. A kennel, when you put it in there and walked out of sight, it was bad. I mean, yeah. it was a week of that. But when they took the dog home, the dog done really good. And then they had a bad day and they 911 us, you know. But then the next day they called it they back. They worked hey, through it good. on their own. Yeah, they did. They worked through yeah. and got it. But it's determination and not excuses. No. They didn't come here with a bucket load of excuses. No, they no. come here, and at first they weren't. They just they didn't, didn't really know think. Enough. Well, they didn't really think we could fix it. That's but true. Yeah. they wanted yeah. to try. Yeah, and once they seen that we could, they're like, man, they bailed in it and they rode yeah. with it, and yeah. so now it's just fun to see the difference in them, but. The resource guarding is the same difference. If your dog is resource guarding a human or an item and you train it out of them, you know, they're good with it. I mean, like I told the lady today with the dog, I call that dog a freaking thief. And I said the difference is with the dog is if you have a dog who's a thief that steals bones and treats and toys and everything, ropes and everything, shoes and socks, you can train it to quit that. You know, and I just don't, don't want my dog to have a sheltered life because I wasn't willing to put the time, money, and effort in it. Yeah, that's what. It is. And find yeah. the right trainer, guys. If you find a trainer that just ain't getting your results you want, shop around. Come call us. You know, it's like Martin yeah, don't Pierce, be Martin defeated Pierce if dog you teacher. Sh- ask us. You know, look yeah. it up. And I mean, I think people sometimes don't dig deep enough to find what they need for help. Right. Yeah. They yeah. just first they person the, they call. The first thing that good. comes up on the internet. Yeah. Which and says don't tell your dog no and trade things out. Yeah, if you gotta give your dog a get treat. Get a higher value reward for the thing that's <laughs> For me in my world, if you gotta give a dog a treat or trade him, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Brett Gang? Nope. Well, we don't have anyone else. All right. So are we ready to bail, Brett? Are you good here? 
Uh, I think so. My only suggestion would be to go back over what you talked about, like your three key points, which was catch your dog with recall, right? Yeah. They drop it and give it to you, so following directions, obedience, and then do not start a game with your dog. That was kind of the three points. Well, recall, drop it, and leave it. They got to leave it. They can't drop it and grab it, you know? Yeah. And for me, always a loose leash. If you don't have a loose leash on your dog, you talked about it earlier. When you start all this, you got to get a loose leash before you can get a heel. Yeah. And so those are really the big items for me. And and if you're not getting there, you know, shop around. I mean, mm-hmm. you watch our videos, you see us walking loose leash. And to me, loose leash does not mean your dog got to be in a heel. We've seen you in several videos with three or four or five or six dogs out walking on trails with all your leashes with loose and dogs are in front of you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a fact that your dog does have to heal all the time, but your dog needs to learn how to heal when asked. Right. That's the biggest thing. People don't understand. They think that just because your dog has to learn to heal, that he always has to heal is not true. Yeah. He has to have a loose leash, and he has to recall any time you call him, no exceptions. And and that will generally help you in a situation where your dog begins to re- your puppy begins to resource guard if you have yes. some respect in those other areas it will help you it doesn't mean that that's solved but those areas definitely are a damn good start and i think that when it comes to resource garden it's like you said earlier sometimes with the young dogs is you leave the food there all the time and they feel they gotta guard it make sure something don't start stealing it mm-hmm. And so, maybe feed puppies too many treats. Yeah. That's that's definitely something. Uh, last thing is maybe wine and whiskers. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody who showed up yeah. there. I spent a lot of money. Didn't get nothing. But <laughs> met some cool people. Met some people there we already knew. It was a fun event. Yeah, I had yeah. a great turnout. Yeah. Uh, next year, hopefully, we can figure out a little bit of things to do different with them. Uh, I don't know who won our uh, three-week sporting training. I don't, I don't either. Haven't heard contacted from us yet, but it was, it was a great turnout. I mean, everybody had fun. Brett, you done took a zillion pictures and some videos, and yeah. so that was a lot of fun. And it was just a nice, relaxing night for everybody in our groups, anyway. I think everybody we had two full tables, like sixteen people or so there, and I think everybody had a good time. So yeah, yeah we just want to thank everybody who donated, bought. <clears throat> Thanks, Ken, for coming to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Save the day. Yeah. JC Islas uh, just chimed in and asked how much are the costs for uh, some classes. I don't know if they Our group right. clinic that is coming up, if you qualify for it, you can email the office. Is $200 for new clients, uh, I believe. That's well, we got to kind of meet their dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't like somebody to come in with a dog that's wanting to fight or bite or resource guard you well we don't necessarily need to meet your dog we want to know some details we might want to meet your dog but the lessons are between 100 and 200 dollars for a consultation meet and greet so we can meet the owner of the dog and go over what we think they need and they can tell us what they think they need and they can tell us what they're doing and so we can kind of go from there and pick out what's the best program yeah all right well thanks everybody good job bianca brett uh Good job, Marvin. Yeah, thanks, Bianca. I uh, I think we had a great time with it, and hopefully people learned something from it. So thanks, everybody, that chimed in. Thanks for listening to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast. 
If you found this information helpful, we suggest following even more of our dog training tips and resources on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher.